Well, if you're able this morning, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, today we're looking at the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter number three, and we're going to read verses 13 and 14 to get us started this morning, a very familiar passage. Actually, every passage should be very familiar, right? <laughs> should be, but they're not. But Philippians chapter 3, verse uh, four, uh, 13 and 14 is a very familiar passage. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or have arrived. But he said, one thing I do. Well, what is that one thing you do, Paul? He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, one more time, we thank you for your infallible, your incredible, your miracle-working and life-changing word. Thank you that we are so blessed to have your word, all of your word, and we're so grateful and thankful. God, we just pray today, Lord, again, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, will rest upon the message, the messenger. Give us ears to hear today, and may we not just hear, but may we do what the word of the Lord says and what we're challenged to do by the Holy Spirit today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Hey, you may be reseated this morning. Well, today we're going to begin a brand new two-part mini-series called The Journey. Say The Journey. Life is a journey. The problem is we are often so focused on our destination that we totally miss out on some very important things along the way. Now, our journey called life contains so many key spots and so many major milestones for us. Milestones like, you know, when you're a kid, you know, going to school. That's a, that's a milestone. That's a major key spot in a child's life. Oh, milestones like getting your driver's license. How many remember getting your driver's license? I got mine on my birthday. I mean, I'm 16. I'm getting my wheels. Uh, having our first girlfriend or boyfriend. I did that long before I got my driver's license. <laughs> Receiving our diploma. Oh, what a milestone. Choosing a college. Oh, entering a career. Finding a lifetime mate. Having children. Uh, having grandchildren. Uh, enjoying retirement. Oh, these are but a few of the milestones, the, the key spots that we will encounter on our journey. But the problem is, the problem is there's a lot of time, a lot of time and a lot of things happening in between these events. And so often we're so, we're so focused on the event that we pay little attention to all that is happening in the journey. Often it's what happens in between events that have a major influence on how these events turn out. Well, in this short series, I want to try to help you in your journey. Now, now next Sunday, now I'm so excited about next Sunday. I just want to preach it right now, but I'm excited about today also. But next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about what you need to take along with you on your journey. There's some things that you need to make sure and pack in your bags. There's some things that you need to make sure that you take along with you in your journey. 
Well, today I'm going to talk to you about what you should leave behind. Because not only is it important that we take certain things with us, along with us in our journey, but there are, it is also vitally important that there are some things that we make sure that we leave behind. Well, now I'm going to assume But you already know that you need to take Jesus with you, all right? And I know there's some religious people here. And if I don't mention this, you're going to give me a hard time after the message is over. So I'm assuming you already know you need to take Jesus with you. I shouldn't have to tell you that, right? And you should leave your sin behind you. I shouldn't have to tell you that either. But I'm doing it so that nobody gets on to me after the service this morning because you left out Jesus and you left out sin. Well, I'm saying it, okay. What I want to do is talk about some very practical things this morning, try and help you in your journey. What should we leave behind, Pastor? Well, first of all, I believe we should leave behind us our disappointments from the past. As we go along in life's journey, I believe that we need to leave behind us our disappointments from the past. Have you ever been disappointed? Has anyone ever promised you something and then failed to deliver? Have you ever had a dream? Oh, oh, you had a dream and you carried that dream for so long, but that dream just has never come true. Has has anything ever started out great for you? I mean, it, it just started out well. It was so incredible. It started out great for you, and it was great for a while. It was great for a time, and then all of a sudden it began to go south. Everyone has experienced disappointment, whether it be through people, whether it be through places, whether it be through promises. A very large man decided he wanted a wife. In order to get the kind of wife that he dreamed of, he decided that he's going to have to lose a lot of weight and get himself in shape. And so he calls a local gym and he asked the gym there to if he could hire a personal trainer. Well, the receptionist tells him, yes, you can, and be ready to train. Be ready at 7 o'clock in the morning. At 7 o'clock in the morning, the trainer will be at your house. Be ready. Well, the next morning at 7 a.m., the man's doorbell rang. And standing at his door was the most beautiful, petite woman he had ever laid his eyes on. And she said to him, if you can ever catch me, you can marry me. And off she went. And every morning at 7 a.m., she would show up at his door and he would chase her. After a year or so, he had lost a lot of weight and was in the best shape of his life. And he said to himself, he said, today is the day. I know today. I know I can catch her today. Well, at 7 a.m., right on cue, like every day, his doorbell rang. And when he opened the door, standing at his door was a very large woman. And she said to him, they said to me at the gym, if I could ever catch you, I could marry you. (laughs) Everyone experiences disappointment in life. (laughs) Pastor, what should we do about our disappointments? Well, thanks for asking. Let me suggest three things you should do about your disappointments. First, First, I would say you should acknowledge them. Don't ignore them. 
Don't stuff them down deep inside of you. Don't lie to yourself and tell yourself that you're not disappointed. Acknowledge your disappointments. Acknowledge them to yourself. Acknowledge them to God. And, and, and depending upon the nature of, of the disappointment, you, you, could, you could possibly share them with your spouse. You could possibly trust them with, you could possibly uh, share them with a trusted friend. Psalm 77, verse 1 and 2, the psalmist says, he said, I cry out to God. Yes, he said, I shout. I shout, oh, that God would listen to me. He says, when I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. What do we do about life's disappointments? Well, first, first we, we acknowledge them, and then second, second, I think we can anguish over them. Second thing to do about your disappointments after you acknowledge them is anguish over them. The the psalmist did, Psalm 69, verse 2 and 3. He says, deeper and deeper I sink. He said, I am exhausted. I'm exhausted from crying for help. He said, my throat is sore. He said, my eyes are swollen from crying, waiting on God to help me. When giant disappointment comes our way, it's okay to cry. I said, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry about disappointments in life. It's okay to question God. It's okay to wonder. It's okay to struggle. It's okay even to get angry. See, God is not fragile. God is not weak. God is not easily offended by the questions or the accusations of man. Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Notice what verse 14 says. He he, he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only but dust. What should we do about the major disappointments of life? It's okay to anguish over them. It's okay to agonize over them. It's okay to struggle with them. But hear me this morning, the time will come. After you have acknowledged your disappointment and after you have anguished over your disappointment, the time will come when you need to abandon them. Philippians 3 and 13, Paul says, I I forget those things that are behind me. Hear me this morning. You can't move forward by looking backward. Now, hear me this morning, and you know, I try, the older I get, the more I try this, because I know when I was younger, I, I did a lot of statements and didn't clarify, and I try to clarify today, because I, I know a little more than I did 30, 40 years ago, but I understand, hear me, I understand that some disappointments in life are so heart-wrenching, and they're so heartbreaking that the truth of the matter is you, you might never, you might never totally get over them. You might never totally get over them, but hear me this morning. Here's the positive part. Even though you might never be able to totally get over them, but God can help you get through them. What you can't get over, he'll help you get through. We're talking about the journey and what we should leave behind. Not only should we leave behind our disappointments from the past, but also on our journey, we should leave behind our doubts about the future. Our doubts about the future. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. So seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if you do that, Jesus said, all of these things will be added to you. Jesus says it again, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient to the day is its own trouble. What should we leave behind? We should leave behind our doubts about the, fu- about the future. Here's what I know, and that is we tend to fear the unknown. We tear to fear. We tend to fear the unknown. We often get stuck in the present because it is so comfortable. What we fail to realize is that today's present was yesterday's future. What we feared yesterday, we are comfortable with today. But the truth of the matter is everyone struggles with fearing the unknown. You say, not you, pastor. You're a bulldog. You don't. Yes, even me. Thirty years ago, I was elected to a church that was three times larger than the church I was presently pastoring. The church had a staff, the church had a daycare, the church had a preschool. I was in my early 30s. I I had never managed any of these ever before. I would be following a successful and seasoned pastor who also held a high office in our Assemblies of God fellowship. He was a man with position and I would be following him. As I said, I was still a young pastor. I was still trying to figure things out. I'll never forget the first day on the job. I'll never forget the first Monday that I went to work. I drove up to to the parking space reserved for the pastor right outside my outside office door. And all of a sudden, I don't even know where it came from, but out of all of a sudden, from nowhere, all of a sudden, I I realized that I was about to embark on some territory that I had never walked through before. And I became overwhelmed with the uncertainty, and I, I began to panic. It's just me. I'm alone. I'm in my automobile. I'm about to go in and face my first real official day on the job. I became overwhelmed with the uncertainty and began to panic. What had I done? What had I done? Had I bit off more than than I could chew? Was Was I over my head? I began to think, can I can I call this off? Can I go back to my old ministry where I was comfortable? And all of a sudden, I just lost it. I I just lost it, and I I buried my face in in the steering wheel of my, my car, and I didn't just cry. I convulsed. Here's what I know. We tend to fear the unknown. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2 says, listen to the Lord who created you. Do not be afraid. Somebody needs to hear that today. Do not be afraid. Why? Because when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or consumed. 
Not only do we tend to fear the unknown, but our past failures can cause us to doubt our future success. Everybody fails. No one bats a thousand. Hey, 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 guess what they call a man who fails? Seven out of every ten times he steps up to bat in the major leagues. Guess what they call him? A superstar. You bat 300 in the major leagues, you're a star. Now, hear me this morning. I'm certainly not encouraging you to fail seven out of ten times in life. Not what I'm saying, but I am saying, I am saying that failing doesn't make you a failure. It makes you human. Just don't fail your failure. What you talking about, Willis? How do you, Pastor, Pastor, how do you fail your failure? You fail your failure by not learning anything from it. You fail your failure by not by not being willing to try again. You fail your failure by not, by not changing anything. You fail your failure by allowing the failure to cause you to doubt your future success. And you need to know that the devil loves to use our past failures to cause us to doubt our future success. Well, let me help you out a little bit with this this morning. The next time the devil brings up your past, just remind him of his future. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 9, the Bible says, Do not remember the former things. Do not consider the things of the past. Oh, behold, I will do a new thing. Oh, yes, it will spring forth. Will you not know it? We're talking about the journey this morning. What should we leave behind? Our doubts about the future. Listen, listen to me this morning. If you just have to, you're just a person that you just have to doubt something, then doubt your doubts. Here's what I know this morning. That is our, only our faith can give us victory over our doubts. Only our faith can give us victory over our doubts. Back to my story where I have my face buried in my steering wheel. I'm weeping, I'm sobbing, I'm crying uncontrollably. After just a couple minutes of this, I can remember it as if it were yesterday. I sat up in my car. I dried my eyes, I blew my nose, I cleared my throat, and I got out of my car. And I stood up as straight and I stood up as tall as I possibly could. And I walked to the door of my office and I took a really deep breath. And I unlocked the door and I walked in and I never looked back. And in two weeks, in two weeks, I was totally comfortable. Here's what I know. Only our faith can give us victory over our doubts. Hear me this morning. If God leads us to it, he will also lead us through it. Somebody here today is listening to the wrong voice. Someone here today is allowing the devil to speak to you. Somebody here today has believed Satan's lie, the lie that says because of your past, you now have no future. The lie that says because you have failed, you will fail. The lie that says everyone else might succeed, but not you. 
The lie that says God can forgive others, but he cannot forgive you. Oh, the lie that says God has a plan for everybody else, but he has no plan for you. These are lies. These are lies. What you need to understand today is that the only time the devil lies is when his lips are moving. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. We're talking about the journey this morning. What should we leave behind? Well, we should leave behind our disappointments from the past. We should leave behind our doubts about the future. And the third thing that we should leave behind on our journey, and that is our dated methods. Methods continually change as you're typing that in your phone this morning. Did you hear about the 100-year-old man that was being interviewed on his birthday? Wow, you have lived for 100 years, said the reporter. I can't even imagine how many changes that you have experienced in your 100-year life. Yeah, said the old man, and I've been again every single one of them. Yeah, I pastored that guy before. I've been against every single one of them. Methods continually change, whether you like it or you don't. Whether you embrace them or whether you fight against them. Here's what you need to understand. This will help some. Some of you can't be helped, but this will help some. I'm just being honest. This will help some of you. Methods are not right and they're not wrong. I said methods are neither right nor wrong. They're they're not sacred. They're not holy. They're just methods. What is a method? A way of doing things. That's all a method is. A way of doing things. And there's more than one way to get a job done. Amen? Don't confuse the methods with the message. The method is simply the packaging that the message comes wrapped in. This is wrapped in a nice black, nice binder. But it's the same Bible that I've been preaching with for 20-something years. It was wrapped in a, mar- in a maroon or red Wrapping, but it looks so bad. People were buying me Bibles because they didn't like looking at my old ugly Bible up here. I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up that old Bible because I can't tell you chapter and verse, but I can tell you where it's at in my Bible. I can find it real quick. How, how about you? And so Pastor Landon took my old beat up maroon Bible, kept the message intact, but he gave me a new cover. It's still the same in here. It's totally different out here. We should never change what's in here. But our methods get kind of tattered and torn along the way. They, get, they, they outdo their usefulness, and it's time to wrap the message in a new method. Amen? That's pretty good, huh? And that was just on a the cuff there. I'm gonna Write that down, babe. I'm going to do that again someday. Amen? <laughs> 
Amazing what the anointing will do for you. <laughs> the method is simply the packaging that the, the message comes wrapped in. Here's, here's what I've learned, and that is we, what got you to where you are won't get you to where you need to go. See, see, most people who are stuck in one place are, are, are merely tre- and are merely treading water. What, one of the reasons, not all, but one of the reasons for this is that they are married to outdated methods. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you at work if you stay married to outdated methods. You're getting your pink slip, right? Hello? Here's what you need to understand. If you keep doing the same things, you'll remain where you are. Because you can't keep doing the same thing expect to get somewhere different. Only when you change what you are doing will you change what you are getting. Philippians 3 and 13, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Oh, oh, the good old days, Pastor, the good old days. Well, you know what? I'm nearly 64 years old. I know a little bit about the good old days, not as much as some of you do here in this, in this service this morning, but I know a little bit about the good old days. One thing I know about it, they weren't as good as we remember them. And some of them were really good. But here's what I also know. I know that the God that was with me back there is with me today. And the God that is with me today is going to be with me there in the future. Amen. And I'm telling you this morning that if God can do something in the good old days, he can do something in the good old days that are to come. Don't be married to the good old days. Amen. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Start living, stop living in the past and start believing that God has something for you today. Listen, I thank God for what he did in the past for the church. But I'm telling you that the greatest days of the church are not in the past and they're not even in the present. The States for the church are just ahead. I'm telling you that God is going to do something awesome and incredible and miraculous, and then the Lord is going to come and take you, take away a glorious church without spot or without wrinkle. Well, the Bible says he's coming for a church without spots and without wrinkles. Well, listen, I look around and I see a lot of spots and I see a lot of wrinkles in the church. God's still got some work that he needs to do and he is at work and he is working. But I'm telling you that God has something incredible for us in the future as well as the things that he did for us in the past. We're talking about the journey this morning. We're all on this journey called life. Let me ask you what I used to ask my kids and they hated it. Are you enjoying the journey? Are you enjoying the journey or are you simply enduring it? Is your whole life always about the next event, the next event, the next event, the next event? Listen, if it's about the next event, you don't understand that there's some things that are going to happen along in the journey. You're not going to get to the next event until you learn some things. God is getting you ready and he's using the the journey today to get you ready for the event that's coming in the future. Jesus said in John 10 and 10 in the Amplified Version, I came that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it to the full. Have it until it overflows. Is this the journey you are experiencing? If not, why not? Why not? Could it have something to do with some things that you have chosen to bring along with you on this journey that you should have left behind? I get some help on the platform this morning. The takeaway for the message today is our journey will be far easier if we don't carry a lot of baggage with us. Our journey will be a lot easier if we don't carry a lot of baggage 
with us. I just got back from a little five-day trip. You'd think I'd learn it after all these years of traveling. I didn't use more than a third of what I took. It would have been a lot lighter load if I'd only taken what I really, really needed. I took a lot of things with me I didn't really need and didn't really use. And the bag was heavier than it needed to be. If your life is weighted down today, maybe it's weighted down with a lot of things that don't need to be in your life. Maybe it's weighted down with a lot of things that needs to be discarded and needs to be left behind on this journey called life. Because our journey will be far easier if we don't carry a lot of baggage with us. Father, I just pray you'll take this word this morning. God, I believe it is designed for some particular people today. And I pray today, God, that this message, Lord, will will be used, Father, to be a blessing and benefit and encouragement and help the people today.